Young adulthood is confusing. Navigating the beginning of your career, exploring relationships, and trying to find a balance isn't easy. I'm Allie Dietz, and you're listening to Young Adult Path to Progress. My mission is to help young adults feel a little bit less alone, a little bit less confused, and hopefully inspired by the conversations they hear on this podcast. Welcome to my path. I hope I can help you find peace in yours. Welcome back to another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. In this week's episode, I am super excited to be sitting down with Kim Doong, who is currently the shopping editor of Cosmopolitan Magazine. Kim has previously worked for InStyle, Stylecaster, and Travel and Leisure. She's also been a freelance writer in the editorial world in New York City. In this episode, we talk everything from networking to imposter syndrome and how to find your way in a very social world when you are an introvert. Kim and I both went to Elon and funny enough, we both thought that we knew each other from working on The Edge magazine, which was the magazine on campus together. And it turns out that we never actually went to Elon together. I started the semester after she graduated and we've just followed each other since I started at Elon. We just have known each other's names and I have followed her career and just really admired what she's done with her career. I also just love following her on Instagram. Honestly, she is one of the most authentic and like naturally funny people that I follow. It's not often that I just really love to sit down and engage with people's content. And hers is every time her story pops up, I am sitting there fully locked in, like fully engaged. And we talk a lot about how she has brought certain, you know, comedic, uh, moments from her, her life into her social media. And, um, I think that this is a really great episode for anybody who not only wants to get into editorial, but also is just trying to figure out the beginning of your career path, trying to figure out where you're going to land. Kim will go into her story, but she actually did not want to work in editorial. And I think that her story is a great example of letting your path take you where it is meant to be and trusting that things work out in the exact way that they're supposed to. Like I said, we talk about networking, about networking as an introvert, and so many people struggle with this, and it's not just something that's necessary to navigate in the world of editorial magazines, but it's also something that you need to navigate for really any career. Networking is one of the most important things that you can do. So without further ado, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode and this conversation as much as I did, and I hope that you are able to to take the same value from this conversation that I left the conversation with. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to hear about what the last, what has it been like five years since you graduated going on five years? It like doesn't feel like it, but then again, I'm like, it's been a while. (laughs) If you like actually look back at how much has happened, at least this is how it is for me. I'm like, oh shit, a lot has happened, but it also is so hard to grasp that I've been out of Elon as long as I was at Elon. 
wait, I didn't even make that realization. That is crazy. Yeah, but I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear about your career. I obviously have been following on Instagram and like talk to you on Instagram here and there. And I love everything that you're doing. I mean, the way that you've built your career is what all of us dream about doing. So to see it actually come to life for you is so incredible. And it makes me so happy. Oh my God. Thank you. That is so nice. (laughs) I I feel very flattered. You graduated in 2017, right? 2015. You graduated in 2015? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you only worked at the edge with me for like the one year. I think technically even just like one semester, which is very weird. It was like a whole year. That makes a lot of sense because I didn't know you that well at Elon. Yeah. I want to hear about your path, how you got to Cosmo, because that's what everyone dreams about is working at Cosmo, working at Vogue, these big magazines, editorial magazines in New York City, and you've made it. So it's funny. So when I was in Elon... I didn't think I was ever going to go into journalism or anything of that sort. When I was at Elon, I would write, but I would write like fiction pieces just for myself. And I always thought I was like, I would read these articles or like, you know, going through like journalism courses at Elon. I was like, I don't, I could never do that. It's just not like the type of, it's just not easy for me or whatever. And so when I graduated, I actually wanted to go into book publishing and like, tried so hard (laughs) to like get in the industry and then found out firsthand that it was impenetrable but also like it's not the job for me but I would read about you know like what they would do day to day and I was like I don't actually I don't like that so honestly it was through Ingrid yeah Ingrid is someone that we went to school with that we went to Elon with who also worked for the Edge magazine which was the magazine We worked for on campus. That's how I know Kim. So she got a job at InStyle like right out of school. And I was like texting her one day. At the time, I was like working in like a sales showroom as a receptionist. (laughs) And it was like my first year in New York City, like first year out of college. And like, I was like so desperate to like do any sort of like fashion thing. And I mean, like fashion didn't come out of the blue or anything. I had done internships during college at like 17 and like some other brands. And I think it really took me trying to get into the publishing, book publishing and like failing at that or, you know, whatever. And it was like a fire under my ass to like, be like, I really need a job though. <laughs> like something that I'm happy with. And so in style is like one of those cool magazine brands. And obviously like Ingrid was there and they had this opening for uh, an assistant position. And I asked her about it and she was like, yeah, I'll go talk to them right now. And I was like, wait, I'm not written. (laughs) I I hadn't even like put my resume together. I hadn't like written anything yet. I just simply saw the listing and she was like, I'm going to talk to them right now. Like got up from her desk, went and talked to the people who were hiring for that position, came back. And like a day later, I got an interview with them. And after it was like maybe a couple years after like I had already left in style. I'd like put in a year at in style. I actually heard from them because obviously I was working with them. We we're like friends that when they had interviewed me, they had already chosen someone else. Oh, wow. They had interviewed me as a favor for Ingrid. I think if it weren't for Ingrid, having like this great friend who's like 
so supportive. I don't think I would have had such like a, like a lucky start in this industry. Well, I mean, and it wasn't an easy start for you. Cause like you said, I mean, I guess into this specific industry it was, but you didn't start out wanting to go into editorial. Yeah. That kind of goes into what this entire podcast is about is path to progress, finding your path, trusting your path, like your dream that you've dreamed about your whole life may not be it. That may not be what your dream is when you turn 25. It changes as you grow and as you learn about the like truth of each industry that you're trying to work in and you find what fits. So I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's something that people don't really talk about. And it's so important for people who are starting out their careers to understand that that's normal. It's abnormal for that to not happen. Oh yeah, for sure. I I 100% agree. Cause like, especially for us, like at Elon, like having a five-year plan, having these goals and all that, that was such like the norm. Like everyone around you would always talk about that. Like by the time I turn, you know, X age, I'm going to be at this or whatever. I'm going to do this. And that's going to be like my stepping stone to this. And it's like, you can't plan for that. Things happen all the time. I mean, quarantine, so many people are unemployed during that time, but then also like you have to make room for like growth when I said that I didn't really see myself like in journalism or like writing for a fashion magazine, it was like less like I didn't like that type of work and more like I was overwhelmed by the idea of it. Like I didn't know enough about it. And like, I always, you know, kind of like pigeonholed myself when I was graduating Elon being like, well, I am this type of person. So I'm never going to do this, you know, just be more flexible. I want to talk about how you said it was overwhelming for you to even think about that, because I think even for people who do see themselves in a career path similar to what you've taken, they get overwhelmed by the idea of working in editorial and not just in editorial, but like in New York City at some of the biggest magazines in the world. What is that culture like? It is definitely overwhelming. (laughs) I will will agree. Um, I mean... Even now, like I've been here for, I want to say about seven years now. And I'm still like, oh my God, I don't, I can't do a lot of like the things that New York has to offer and my industry has to offer. New York is a whole other ballgame. It's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. But you just kind of like, you carve out where you fit in within that in this industry. And it being in New York, the culture is very, it's very social. And, you know, that's great for extroverts. I'm a hardcore introvert. <laughs> oh no. And, and um I I mean I've always been an introvert, but like especially after quarantine, like I'm like, you know, this is fine. I'm if we have another quarantine, I'm fine. <laughs> you were comfortable in your own little space. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I I think I've become more of a homebody than ever. But but yeah, no, it's very social. It's very like it's very casual. You know, there's a big emphasis on making those relationships, not only like with other editors, but also the people who are on the PR side. I worked at Allison Broad when I was living in New York. That was the last job that I had before the pandemic hit and before I started this podcast. And when I say that, like the culture in New York, working for these big firms, and I imagine it's the same in editorial there's a lot of pressure because there are like 19 other girls just like you in line waiting to take your job if something goes wrong. Just like how you got that job, even though another girl had already been, basically they had picked this other girl out and then you came in, got the interview and 
they gave it to you. So how do you handle that? And like also networking with all of these people who almost are a competition? I mean, it's definitely something I'm still trying to figure out, you know, like there's this tension, but I think it's a lot of it for me is like made up, (laughs) you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to like be charming and be personable when I'm talking, you know, have just having small talk with these people because I want this PR person to like really remember me. I want to be able to work together. Or even if it's like going to an event with other editors, like the big thing is you need to introduce yourself. You need to like talk to these people. So then, you know, and then afterwards you can like connect because not that you should ever use people for a job, but people are always moving around. And looking back, every position that I've had in this industry started through like an introduction that I had because I was working or I had worked with someone that was at the magazine that I wanted to be at. It's very social. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Networking is everything. That's how I got the job that I had at Allison Broad. And how do you deal with that as an introvert? I am very choosy about the events I go to. (laughs) I think also like, I kind of tell myself, I'm like, there are other nights, lots of other nights where I can like be home or whatever. Or sometimes I'll even like put on almost like a character. Not that I'm being someone else or like being, you know, genuine. (laughs) I am in this environment and this is what I'm doing and I'm having fun. And I have to like remind myself of that. I mean, it's social anxiety. That's what it is. And, you know, it was definitely exacerbated after quarantine and everything. But I'm like these are real people too. (laughs) I'm sure like it's very rare for someone to be like 110% comfortable in a room of like strangers that you don't know. A lot of times these events, they don't come with a plus one. So everyone's just kind of in there and they don't really know anyone, or maybe they're like hoping to know someone. So like, I'll look around the room if there's, if there's like another person who's just kind of like alone in the corner, kind of like me and I'll like go introduce myself and like, have an ally. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You always have to find the one person that you can like buddy up with. Exactly. Like sea urchin, like, okay, now you're my buddy for the night or whatever. (laughs) Or like, it reminds me a lot of freshman year (laughs) of college, you know, it's just like, you just got to do it. Yeah. Do you ever feel imposter syndrome? All the time. (laughs) I mean, I still feel it now, like every time, like when I got your DM to like, do this podcast. I was like, oh, me? <laughs> yeah, you realize that you are living out so many girls' dreams and you should be there. You've worked your way up to being there. I know. I think it's just like, it's still like a pinch me moment where I'm like, one day I'm going to wake up and like, this isn't real. Or there's so many different sides to imposter syndrome. They all come into this one complicated thing that I've yet to put into words. Everyone struggles with imposter syndrome. It's something that I struggle with all the time to like remind myself, building your own podcast is not an easy thing to do. And you can feel like you're just a small fish in this big ocean, which obviously you are. Podcast is such an oversaturated market, but I'm still out here doing something that matters. And I have to remind myself of that every time I get into that space, because if I don't, I fall into a hole of it. Right. Yeah. So where do you want to take your career? Because you're the shopping editor now, which taps into what you want to do with working in fashion. First of all, what is a shopping editor? And then go into where would you want to see growth in your career? So shopping editor position is, you know, those articles that you read about like 
the best umbrella you can find on Amazon or like the <laughs> yeah. best, you know, boots for fall or whatever. It's like my position is just here to like help the Cosmo reader, like figure out what to buy within fashion and also lifestyle. And of course, you know, lifestyle is a huge vertical. So like in the same day, I could be working on a story about like a cute bag or a roundup of the best furniture for like under, you know, 500 bucks or something. It's honestly just everything you can buy. <laughs> and that is, that is my job. It's like as the shopping expert, like if you're looking for something, we're at Cosmo, we're really hoping to fill that gap for you. And you enjoy it? I do because I already have a shopaholic tendency. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. You found the perfect job for that. Right, exactly. And um, it's fun. You know, it's not a hard job. Like I'm having a lot of fun. Also, I love my team and that really helps. But yeah, where do I want to take my career or like, how do I want to see it grow? It's, to be honest, I haven't really given that too much thought. And it's because I'm so... Like right now, my main focus is just like really master what I'm doing, if that makes sense. I just want to naturally let it grow. There are some things, you know, that like I would love to do with the internal Cosmo team that I'm not quite yet ready to share. But yeah, I guess like big picture, you know, within the next couple of years, like obviously everyone wants a title bump, (laughs) but I really do want to stay with Cosmo. And obviously I love my vertical. So what I'm doing day to day is really great. So tell me specifically about Cosmo and getting your foot in the door at Cosmo. Did that come from working at InStyle? It did. It did. So when I was at InStyle, I was sitting right next to um, my friend Alexis Bennett, who is now at Vogue. So we were there, you know, we were sitting next to each other every day for a year. And then I left and then she went to Cosmo and, you know, like, follow her on Instagram and everything. And then one day I saw, and at the time it was in the middle of the quarantine and um, I had just like gone freelance, but like wasn't hitting any sort of luck with that. And I saw her post on Instagram and it was like her saying like farewell to Cosmo and being like, I just started at Vogue and, you know, and I was like, Oh my God, that means her position is open. It just opened. Yeah. But then in the same thought, I was like, no, they definitely already filled it. <laughs> like, there's no way that they would just, you know, like the moment they got her two week notice, they'd probably like have like a million girls on deck, you know? And so I was like, I'm not even going to look for the listing because I know there isn't one, <laughs> which is so dumb <laughs> because it was like weeks later when my friend Lindsay Lanquist, she was like, she just found it and was like, Kim. Oh, she just came across it? Yeah. I don't know, like, oh, how she's funny. Like, keeping an eye on, like, listings in New York. And, um, you know, yeah. she lives in Nashville now. Yeah. And um, and she just sent it to me. And I was like, I was on a date. <laughs> and I had, like, like, I was waiting for, like, the dude to, like, come meet me on the corner. I was curiously texting Lindsay. I was like, oh, my God, I'm literally on a date right now. I have my laptop with me, though. Like, <laughs> And I, like, knew that I needed to, like, apply ASAP. You could not enjoy this date at yeah. all. I, I mean, the idea of the date was like, cause it was, we were just going to have like a work day. And so, you know, cause everyone was like working from home. And so I told him, I was like, I'm going to apply to this thing. right now. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And like, was very nice about it. Like I like 
furiously texted my friend Alexis, who had the position and was like, I just saw your thing and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like tried to ask her, you know, I wanted to know what it was like working on Cosmo. That was my first question. Because, uh, you know, from the outside, Cosmo looks great. But you really know internally until you talk to someone. And so she was like, yeah, I can call tonight. I was like, oh my God, okay. And so it was like a couple hours and I was like on the date and I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to call this my friend right now. (laughs) And he literally like moved shit, like just so I could like be alone and like talk to her. Yeah. And that's how it kind of happened. It was just like, I had this really great introduction through Alexis. I'm interested in the roadblocks that you've put up for yourself on your career path. Hearing that she she left the job and just deciding for yourself that they already have someone and wanting to go into book publishing and how do you get past those roadblocks or what advice do you have for people to to get past those roadblocks because we all have them. We all make up stories in our head. <laughs> yes, this is very true. I mean, I mean, it's very imposter syndrome to say I'm very lucky. <laughs> but that is definitely how I feel. I mean, like I set myself up to never have this position just by saying like, no, it, it probably isn't even online or like it's just too much competition. And I'm very like, I get very easily overwhelmed. And when I'm overwhelmed, I just don't want to do anything. So, I mean, it was just like the help of my support system. Like having, I think if Lindsay hadn't sent me that and like really encouraged me to like apply right then and there, then I probably wouldn't. And then same thing, you know, like if Ingrid hadn't been there and like literally got up from her desk and talked to, you know, the hiring managers, like I wouldn't have gotten in style either. And, um, but I have to keep myself in check though. There's a lot of like, that sort of like negative self-speak and not in just, you know, the, the like, Oh, you suck or whatever. It's not as clear of like that for me. It's more like, no, I don't want to do this. Or like, it's just, it's just too much hype or like, this is going to be too much for me. But I have to tell myself, I'm like, will my future self thank me for this? Or it's more that like keeping myself in check, like my future self and being like, that girl, she deserves this. Exactly. Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like, even if I hadn't got this position, but I still tried, like, I think it would have you know, applying for that was worth it <laughs> just to like try. I mean, not to be cliche, but basketball thing, <laughs> basketball idiom, don't, uh, what is you it? Don't shoot, you're never going to score. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love sports. <laughs> yeah. but, it uh, took a moment for me to realize where you're going with that. Like, <laughs> I, I love sports too. <laughs> Oh, that's too good. So what stand what makes you stand out from the competition? Or what can someone who's listening to this who wants to work for a magazine like InStyle or Cosmo do to stand out from the competition and land the job? Having the will to learn is like a huge thing. And I see it with people who apply for positions as well. Like, not that I'm a hiring manager, but like, <laughs> you know, like if a person isn't like willing to absorb and like come into a situation as like a student, you know, if they come to it, just being like, Oh, I already know all of that stuff. Or like I have this position because 
you know, I mean, you should be confident for sure, but like so confident where you don't accept growth and learning new information, then like, yeah, it's not fun. And like, I think that's what I really, you know, quote bring to the table is like, I'm always like very, like, I want to learn more and like how to like make my job stronger or like my skills stronger. Yeah. I think that's something I say that I stand out in. (laughs) There's always, always room for growth. It's funny that you say that because I think that that every job that I've landed, it's been because I've been curious and excited to learn from the people who are above me. Not to say that that's not actually true and it doesn't actually matter. Like you should really want to grow and you should really want to learn from the people who are going to be above you. But also like people who are hiring really like to feel like they are admired. Yeah, for sure. So that's even not like beyond the fact that that should be something that you're doing so that you grow in your career. I think that's also something that's super important for the relationship building Yeah, when you're getting a new job and networking with the people who you're going to be working with. Yeah, for sure. And I'd say like, not only, you know, with your hiring or with your, your higher ups, but also like, of course, like with your coworkers and like, like I learned from like my assistant every day, <laughs> just like mm-hmm. how to like, you know, in the basic things too, just like how to communicate better, like how to like really work together on something. Yeah. Like those are, special moments (laughs) that sounds so cheesy but like you know these aren't things that you you know learn in a classroom or whatever like and these are things that you can learn at like any position as well and so that's something that I'm really trying to focus on you know like when you asked earlier about like what do I see myself or like how do I see my like position growing and I answered like I'm really just focused on like what I'm doing right now and that's because I like I I don't quite in this moment feel ready to be promoted to like such a higher rank or whatever and that's not just like a like I'm insecure or whatever it's more like I want to make sure that once I get there I really do have the skills that like being in the position that I am right now that I can't learn from any other moment in time when you said you can learn from everyone I mean when I was working in PR I had an entry-level position at Allison Broad And the only people below me were interns. But even communicating with the interns taught me so much about different ways that you manage other people's time. Because as you move up, the pressure that's put on you is so much higher because you have so many other people that you have to help manage their time and help them learn from you. Like, So to be able to properly communicate in that way is huge. So yeah, there's growing opportunities everywhere just keeping your eye on that and not ever having your ego tell you that you know it all is so important. Yes, 100%. One of the things that I have always struggled with, and I hope other people listening too, so that I'm not so alone, is with networking. And you kind of mentioned it earlier, you never want to take a job from someone. You never want to feel like you're using someone for a job. That's something that I've always struggled with is networking with people and making... I never want someone to feel like I'm only talking to you because I want something from you. Or like even with the podcast, I don't want people to feel like I'm asking you to come on because you have a following that I want to touch. Like I've interviewed people who have 500,000 followers. I've interviewed people who have 300 followers, but I never want people to feel used. How do you manage that? 
I mean, I guess where it starts is just keeping yourself in check to like, even if it means like saying it that clearly to yourself before you, you know, interact with them. I think for me, it really helps to like, I guess this is where my introvertedness comes into play. <laughs> where I'm like, I don't really want to talk to people anyway. <laughs> but like, I find it like a little bit like my first reaction to so- socializing is a little like hesitant. And so when I like talk to, when I'm approaching someone, it's like, I keep my priorities in check. I'm like, what is my motivation here? And it will always kind of like go to the root cause of like, well, I, I want to make myself feel comfortable. And that is always going to be related to like, well, I want to touch, but <laughs> I was going to say, I want to touch this person. I want to like <laughs> be able to like, you know, genuinely connect. Yes. Genuinely connect with this person, you know, like yeah. human to human. And then like everything else, you know, like networking or like talking about a project or just like that is on the back burner. It's that whole like reminding yourself that like everyone is a human and like everyone has a story or whatever. And you are a character in their movie. You're just chilling. You're just talking. <laughs> it's just it's just another person. Yeah. Like you said about going to these events, you always have to remind yourself that you're just talking to another yeah. person. They're, everyone here is human. Yes, exactly. So if you could go back in time and give young Kim a piece of advice, what piece of advice would you give her? I would say find things that make you feel comfortable and confident. I I guess like I worded it that way because it's like, you can't just muster up confidence. I look back on like my younger years and not that like I would really change anything because I think they were valuable to like where, you know, who I am now. But I would tell myself to like do things or like set things into place so that I can stop second guessing myself. Cause that, I think that is my main thing is like, I will always second guess myself (laughs) and being able to like tackle that at a younger age, I think would have been really helpful. But yeah, that, and then also maybe just like chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, I really, I think just up until like a couple years ago, like I let my career really be my identity and that is like not a very healthy place. It's so unhealthy. And so many people fall into that. Yes. Especially just like New York city as a whole, like you go somewhere and you like, you introduce yourself and immediately they're like, so what do you do? Like, as if that is the defining thing right after your name, your job isn't forever. And a lot of times it's not going to be in your hands you know, there's so many things that could affect that. And you have to be able to separate yourself from that. I think my main thing is just like find things to make yourself feel confident and also don't (laughs) tie your identity. Don't wrap yourself around your career. That could be a whole, it's whole own episode talking about how your career is not your identity. That's something that I struggled with so much when I moved from LA to New York. And I wanted to go into entertainment news and I did that in LA and I decided not to do that because it just didn't feel right for what I wanted in my life anymore. Mm -hmm. But it's what I had built my entire identity on. So I didn't know who I was when I moved to New York. Yeah. And that's so scary. It's so scary when you, and like, you can't rely on your career ever. Yes, exactly. Like I said, there are 10 other girls lined up who want to do what you're doing, but like 
beyond that, look at what happened with the pandemic, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just, you never know. So I love that you said that. And if I keep going, I'll go on a rant. (laughs) (laughs) To your point of finding confidence and not second guessing yourself. It's amazing because you seem so confident on social media and like, you're one of my favorite people to follow because you're funny on social media. And that's why you feel so confident because it feels so authentic. Mm -hmm. It just really is amazing to talk to someone like that and like, know that we really are all the same. Like social media really is such a, it can only get as real as it can get. Yes. You know, I like real. It's like, no one really puts up, you know, their struggles or it's like, I mean, they, they do, but even then people kind of second guess that too. Right. Oh my gosh. I second guess it every time I post something vulnerable. That's probably the hardest thing to feel comfortable posting. Mm-hmm. So I think that for anybody listening to this, just know even people who have your dream job or have followed in a path that you want to go down, we all are similar. You're not alone in that feeling. Yeah. 100%. We're all going to have imposter syndrome. We're all going to have moments where we're second guessing ourselves and feel uncomfortable in situations. And that's so normal. Yeah. And just find peace in that. Like that's definitely what has helped me find peace and everything that has been confusing along my path is just knowing that I'm not alone. Even like the people who seem like they have it all together, we're all figuring it out. You know, we're just doing it. Yeah. And we all fall into the space that we're supposed to fall into. Yeah. So there's two things that I wanted to ask because like I said, your Instagram is one of my favorites and there are always random things coming up on your Instagram that just make no fucking sense. (laughs) The first one, why does everyone think that boy, Kim's dog's name is Lord Farquaad? I literally, I, you post one photo where you call him Lord Farquaad because he looks like Lord Farquaad and suddenly everyone in your work email wants to call him that. I mean, when I say that this has been a series that's lasted for at least yeah. over a year. Yeah, I don't know. And you've corrected it so many times. Yes, it's like, it's so awkward. And I think it's like, I'm like, is it just because it's the one photo that looks so I don't know, like Lord Farquaddy. <laughs> yeah. Like, so they're like PR pitches and they'll like go through my page and then they see this photo of boy because he looks really cute and very Lord Farquaddy. They click on it and they're like, all right, it's Lord Farquaad. They put it through a system or like their Excel sheet or whatever and they send it out to their company. And then now I'm getting emails from their colleagues. It's so good. And I hope that it never ends because <laughs> it just brings joy to me when I see it pop up on your story. Love it. It's great. It's great. So Lord Farquaad gets PR packages. That's one thing that comes with working at magazines, guys. Your dogs get PR packages. I have to show you my favorite one, though. And they actually got his name. Oh, cute. Oh, my gosh. Is it an actual, like, cookie? Yeah, it's an actual cookie. So this is a cookie from Sunday Riley. And it's like a dog shaped, dog bone shaped. And it says boy on it. How cute is that? I know. I guess Lord Farquaad has many letters. If you're listening to this and you want to work in a magazine, just know that you have to for the sake of your dog. (laughs) They will get treats. They will get food. They will get... He has like six dog beds. And this is a small apartment. And your apartment is beautiful. 
Thank you. <laughs> and I, you, you moved into this apartment during COVID. Yeah. And before that, you were in a smaller apartment, right? It yeah. didn't have windows like you have now. And it, def- no. it definitely didn't have a view like you have now. I act like I know her whole life. I'm very <laughs> creepy. <laughs> but I was so excited when I saw that for you that like you built yourself to a space in New York City that you can have that view, which is really cool. Thank you. I would like to thank quarantine rent. We <laughs> got like crazy deal and then also like moving with my boyfriend really (laughs) well he spends like he splits his time now so he's not in this apartment full-time with me but yeah it's not all just me but it is definitely a dream and it was like on my board for like 2021 just crazy it's stunning and that's another thing that if you if you really want to make it happen you can make it happen how old are you now I am I'm turning 29 in January. Okay. 29. If you want to be living in a sick apartment in New York City overlooking the lights, you can do it by 29. <laughs> and that's without without your parents just handing you money to do it. Because <laughs> obviously you can do it before then if you have parents' money. <laughs> but um second thing that's really funny, and it's gotta be quick because I think that this is gonna end in like one minute. Oh, no. Keon Reeves, am I saying it right? Keanu, I have no idea what's going on with him. I think it was like one fan account that followed me. It was a PR pitch, by the way, which is very insane. It was like under the guise of it was like a Amazon seller or an Etsy seller, but they were like using their they were running like a side hustle on their I don't know. <laughs> and they're just all following you now. And now they're all following me, and he's haunting me, and I kind of hope it never stops. <laughs> it's incredible. Lots of lots of like weird funny, random things that are just going to keep life entertaining. I love it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I know that I wanted this career path when I was younger and seeing someone build it for themselves is really great. And to have other people listen to this and know that they can do it too is huge. So thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. 